Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm I'm fine with, with guys saying, I want to win a Super Bowl. You know, Cam Hayward came out. I'm sick of just, I'm sick of hearing about five, better than 500 records. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about that, you know, and that's something I've always said. I don't know why so many fans hang, hang their hat on the fact that Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. I'm not sure that being, being average every year is, is something to get real excited about anyway. And I've been very glad to hear some of these players come out and go, Oh no, we want to win a Super Bowl, you know? Cam's like, I, I've got I've got business to finish. You know, my career can't go forever. Welcome to the show. It's Ryan O'Leary here, and I'm excited to kick off season four of the Steelers Wire podcast along with my good friend, Kurt Popejoy of the USA Today Network. Woo, season four, Kurt. Can you believe that? We're in our fourth season doing the show. Are you ready for another year? I am. I am. I'm ready. This is a year to be excited. There is an undeniable hype surrounding the Steelers. That was the first thing I wanted to say to you, man. It's like there is just hype all over the place. The Steelers, certainly they have the makings of a team that could do things this year, right? Make a run into the playoffs and beyond. I mean, you've got the ascending quarterback. You've got a really solid defense led by rock stars like TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick. These guys are all still around. You've got depth all over the place, proven offensive weapons uh, and guys that are in the prime of their careers, young guys on offense that you can count on, stability in the coaching ranks. Like this Steelers team, like whatever rebuild we were going through when Ben Roethlisberger through the end of his tenure and then when the Steelers finally moved on from him, that rebuild seems to be over because there's a lot of hype surrounding the Steelers. Now it's like, Kurt, can they live up to it? I think that they can. I mean, I I don't know if they will. You know, one of the things that that Steelers fans historically have always done is is you kind of watch the offseason come and go and you see all these teams make all these moves and make all these changes. And and when Kevin Colbert was in charge, you know, when he was general manager, they always just kind of stayed the course, just stay the course. And a lot of times at the end of the offseason, you felt like, especially looking at the AFC North, teams got better and Pittsburgh kind of stayed the same. And so you were always like, well, but we have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, we can we can compete. As long as Big Ben's out there, the, he can he can elevate the play. Well, this year, that that has completely changed. And you look at the rosters, just of the top five or six teams in the AFC, and there's no team that had more turnover than Pittsburgh did. You know, Omar Khan, I think he kind of sat back last year because he took over late. He took over after the draft, which was strange on its own, but didn't really have any input in the team. <clears throat> they brought in. Andy Weidel to be an assistant GM from the Eagles. And he and Omar Khan just sat down and said, you know what? We're done with just being good enough. We're going to, we're going to shoot our shot. You know, we're going to upgrade all over the field. It's like I said, I think they, I think every positional unit on the team, except for safety is better than the one that finished last year. And I don't think I could have said that about more than a couple of positional units for the Steelers over the last five years, you know, never more than a couple of, couple of spots. They got better, a 
couple of spots they got worse. Most they stayed the same. This year, I don't think they. I think the only one that they didn't improve is safety. And so, you know, anything can happen. I mean, it, you know, I've seen a lot of playoff projections that are showing three teams from the AFC North making the playoffs. And if if they're going to let three teams in from the North, Pittsburgh is going to be one of them. So they were close last year. You know, nine and eight with Kenny Pickett playing quarterback as a rookie. Um, you know, questionable offensive line. Offensive line's better. I, I think everybody needs to, you know, temper your enthusiasm. Don't don't get too you know crazy about any of this. But I I definitely think they're a better football team this year than last year. It's just can they win more? You know, they're going to have to win more games. That's the, nine and eight's not going to get you anywhere this year. So they they just got to put it out on the field, correct the mistakes, and and I think they're going to be great. Are you saying like, you know, everybody hold your horses? Are you talking to the fans? Or are you talking to the players? Because they're certainly not I'm shying away. Fans. Yeah, they're not shying yeah. away either, though. The players, they're <laughs> no, like, yeah, no. we're going to be good. The, you know, and, and I'm I'm fine with with guys saying I want to win a Super Bowl. You know, Cam Hayward came out. I'm sick of just I'm sick of hearing about five, better than 500 records. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about that, you know, and that's something I've always said. I don't know why so many fans hang, hang their hat on the fact that Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. I'm not sure that being being average every year is is something to get real excited about anyway. And I've been very glad to hear some of these players come out and go, "Oh no, we want to win a Super Bowl." You know, Cam's like, I, "I've got I've got business to finish." You know, my career can't go forever. T.J. Watt's coming off that injury. I got I got to make everybody forget about 2022. You know, I've got I've got things I want to do. Um, Alex Highsmith, you know, I want, I want player, people to understand last year wasn't a fluke. You know, there's a lot of guys that are, that are really taking this season personal. And if Mike Tomlin can keep them, keep them in check and keep them intense every week, that's going to make for a pretty dangerous team. I mean, there's just, there's real expectations again, right? Or, among the fan base, yeah. among the team. And that's, that's awesome. That's what we want. That's Steelers football. So yeah. I'm all for it. And you talk about every position group improving. I think you're, you're also going to count quarterback in that as well, yeah. because we're going into year two with Kenny Pickett. He's had a great mm-hmm. off season from everything we can tell Kurt. Uh, yeah. He looked good in the preseason games. If we want to put any stock in that, he was, I saw on Steelers wire, he was named a team captain. So yeah. what kind of jump are you expecting from uh, Pickett here in year two? I expect the, the the offense to flow through him more than it did last year. I expect him to, you know, we already saw it. He, he only played five drives in the preseason, but he did not hesitate to push the ball down the field. And I think that's where we're probably going to see the biggest growth from him is going to be a willingness to take some shots to Deontay Johnson, take some shots to George Pickens, take some shots to Pat Friermuth, you know, having Calvin Austin on the field, I don't think anybody's talked much about him in his return, but I think three or four targets a game, he's going to be 50 yards downfield, you know, for those three targets. I mean, he's, you know, he adds an element to the offense that, that this team hasn't had in, in a very long time. And so I expect Kenny Pickett to kind of cut loose, you know, play with with a little more um, confidence in himself, confidence in his teammates. That's one of the things everybody has been saying. You know, all these guys have been like, even like um, veteran offensive linemen, James Daniels come out and said, you know, if you want to, if you want to play win this year, you need to get on board with what Kenny Pickett's doing, or he's just going to leave you behind. 
that like he's working that hard um to to be great this year and and he expects everyone else to be great too you know put your egos aside today Deontay Johnson you know said I want to retire a Steeler no place I'd rather be um you know this is this is the team I want to finish my career with that's the kind of attitude they need. Steelers fans have had to live through Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and even Ben Roethlisberger to a degree and kind of his eccentric kind of ways and stuff. And now it really feels like everybody has kind of embracing that same mentality. And I think that it's kind of all starting with Kenny Pickett on offense, at least at this point. And that's really saying something for a guy who's only in his second year and first full year as a starter to have the confidence of his teammates like that veterans, young guys, everybody, guys on defense, they all have just just, you know, gushed about about how focused he is and how this is his offense and his team and you know, that that's what every every great team has. You might not have a guy that's going to throw for 4800 yards, but you have a guy who the players want to play for and and they're willing to make plays. And, and that's that's what's going to make Pittsburgh great. You know, when Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback, he never set any records throwing the football. But everybody on the team played hard for him. And I think that's what we're going to get for Pickett this year. Yeah, there's there's no doubt the vibe around the team, um, like you're saying, with what the, the players have been saying here to the media throughout the offseason. It's just all all positive things. And now, you know, as you, when you were talking about Kenny Pickett taking shots, I'm just I'm sitting here hoping like let's Matt Canada, let's have you. Open yeah. it up, right? Like you got Kenny Pickett, you got George Pickens. George Pickens looks like he's about to pop. Like oh, yeah. let's open this thing up and get the ball down the field. I think <laughs> if if we see the Steelers' offense starting to take those chances, that's a good thing, right? Less conservative, yeah. taking more shots. I think that would be I, such a positive. Yeah, I think Pickett just has to figure out game by game who his who his options are. You know, I I said early in this process, distribution of labor is going to be really important for Pickett. When you've got Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, Calvin Austin, Allen Robinson, Darnell Washington, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Connor Hayward, who's going to be your guy in any given situation? You know, and and, and guys are going to have to accept the fact that George Pickens may catch seven balls one week and catch two the following because Deontay Johnson's the guy. So I think the the biggest challenge Pickett's going to face is figuring out every week. Where can I attack this defense and which guys are going to be my targets in a given week? Is Fryermuth going to be the guy that they're not really accounting for? Or, you know, where's that going to come from? And I think once he figures that part of the game out week by week, this offense is going to be really tough to stop. Yeah, going back to what you said earlier, Kurt, about the roster that Omar Khan and the Steelers have put together, I mean... There is depth all over the place. And one thing that really jumped out to me was an article you guys put up on Steelers Wire talking about Dan Moore Jr. Um, winning the job at left tackle. And it's just like, yeah. it, it just gets you thinking. It's like, wait a minute. The Steelers spent the 14th overall pick on a big beast of a left tackle from Georgia, yeah. right? So uh, yeah. Broderick Jones not being listed as a team's uh, starting left tackle. He's the backup here on the on the first official depth chart or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some might see that as a negative, but when you look around the league, you see kind of the trends of these young linemen who are, are drafted early. They they start right away. I think Evan Neal of the Giants is an example we could look at. Really struggled last year after dominating for Alabama. Uh, maybe it's not such a bad thing that that uh, the Steelers have such depth that they're they're comfortable putting Broderick Jones on the bench and giving Dan Moore Jr. a shot at it. 
And then, of course, they could always go to Jones if they need to. But mm-hmm. should we should fans look at that as a negative that Broderick Jones isn't starting? Or is that just a testament to the depth the Steelers have? I mean, their depth in the trenches is excellent on both sides of the ball, yeah. but especially the O-line. And that's a good problem to have. There's not a lot of teams in football right now. I'm a Patriots fan, let me tell you. Not a lot of teams <laughs> that have a, a, you know, a surplus of tackles, Kurt. So right. that's a right. damn good problem to have the Steelers. And, 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 you know, when we've seen Broderick Jones in the game, he's played pretty well. I mean, he hasn't, he, he hasn't struggled by any means. And what we've also seen is, is when he's come in, Dan Moore has actually flipped to the right side. And so I think that, that Mike Tomlin might be thinking ahead to maybe next season, as far as a, maybe a Broderick Jones left tackle, Dan Moore right tackle kind of situation if a core four doesn't play better, you know, I think that, I think that they, you know, he loves having guys who he can move around in the, in, you know, play multiple spots and things like that. So I would hope that Steelers fans look at this as Dan Moore had to know that he was the guy on the hot seat, you know, as far as, as far as the offensive tackle spot went, he had so many penalties and he gave up sacks and, you know, all those sorts of things it looks like he really put in the work this off season. You know, we get, we get Instagram videos of wide receivers running routes all summer and quarterbacks thrown to him. We don't know what offensive linemen do in the summer, but clearly Dan Moore put in some work because he's looked a lot better. And he said right after the draft, they interviewed Dan Moore and he said, I know what it means when your team drafts your replacement in the first round, but he didn't, he never backed down. You know, he, he went out, played hard every week. And I knew after the second game, second preseason game, when they only played Dan Moore uh, a, a couple of series each time, that they 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 viewed him as the starter. You know, they were they were keeping him healthy at that point. So I would hope that fans don't look at any of these rookie this rookie class not being in the starting lineup and look at it as a negative thing. You know, they've got some really good rookies, um, guys who have looked really good in preseason. And the fact that none of them are first on the depth chart isn't this, it, it will never be, should never be viewed as a bad thing. Yeah, that's interesting commentary for sure. And another thing that I wanted to throw at you off the final 53, Kurt, is kind of, it's a story we've talked about earlier this offseason, um, you know, regarding the inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you said earlier in the show that you didn't think this, you thought the Steelers upgraded at every position group except for safety, which is, it's still. It's not like their safety suck, right? You still have Minka Fitzpatrick no. and Demonte yeah. Kazee is a, a veteran, so it's not like they're horrible yeah. at, at safety. Uh, so that includes inside linebacker. You th- you actually are saying that you think the Steelers improved at inside linebacker. I think some people might think, okay, Cole Holcomb, it landed Roberts, like maybe that's a step back. But you you like this group that also includes oh, yeah. Alex Highsmith and Quan Alexander. I like yeah, I like the backups. I like Quan Alexander. I like Mark Robinson. Um, I think both those guys played lights out in preseason and they played early in games. It wasn't like those guys were coming in third and fourth quarter playing against third and fourth string guys. They, they really showed that they have four guys who can play in different situations. And I think situational football, I think that, you know, they brought in Aaron Curry to coach the inside linebackers. And I think it's going to fall on him to figure out which of these linebackers work best in in whatever scenario they want to they want to you know whatever scheme or personnel grouping um so i know that alandon roberts and cole holcomb are listed as the starters 
but I definitely feel like all four guys are going to play fairly close in terms of snaps. I think probably Cole Holcomb is the best all around guy on the team. He had a pretty quiet preseason. Um, I'm really curious to see if he's kind of their, their third down linebacker, you know, the coverage guy, um, you know, they, they don't like to play two inside linebackers in passing situations much at all. So who's going to be the guy that they they leave out there and, or are they going to have a guy that they bring in? I love Quan Alexander. I think he plays like his hair's lit on fire. Most snaps, you know, I don't know if he's got 17 games in him the way he plays, but if you can limit him to maybe a third of the snaps, you can probably get a full season out of him. And when he's out there, he makes plays. And that's something that you can't say that Devin Bush or Robert Spillane or Miles Jack did. And so they just let them all leave. You know, they just started over. And I, I think it's a, I think it's a nice unit. I, I, you know, I talked last season, you know, where's a Landon Roberts fit. Um, he didn't play much in preseason. I, I'm not, you know, so I can't really say where he fits at this point, but I, I love Mark Robinson, love Quan Alexander, aggressive downhill guys, defensive line in front of them is better. I think they're going to make a lot of plays. Yeah, it's an interesting group for sure. Landon Roberts is going to be a good run stuffer, uh, but you know, he could be a liability in pass protection from what I remember when he was a Patriot. I could tell you that, but uh, you know, but yeah, I'm with you. I, Quan Alexander is, is a fun player to watch and, and all that, and they're going to be tested, right? The the 49ers, oh, yeah, they got some weapons, man. And not, not to mention Kyle Shanahan pulling the strings, but you got Debo Samuel, you have Brandon Ayuk, you have Christian McCaffrey. George Kittle seems a little questionable for this one. He has a hip injury, but uh, it's going to be a, a, a tough test for the Steelers. They're actually underdogs in this one. Kurt and I are going to dive into that matchup here coming up next. But first, here's some fantasy advice from thehuddle.com. Welcome to the 2023 NFL season. I'm Corey Benini of thehuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number one. Detroit Lions quarterback Jared Goff at Kansas City. The Chiefs appear to be without pass-rushing defensive tackle Chris Jones and his 15.5 sacks from 2022, while Goff is likely to be without his starting center. Casey's offense could be slowed if Travis Kelsey has to sit, but there's still a chance this becomes a shootout. Be careful, though, since Goff was much better at home than on the road a year ago. Consider him a low-end QB1 in the season opener. Washington Commanders running back Brian Robinson Jr. versus the Arizona Cardinals. Returning as the unquestioned starter on early downs, Robinson should be in for a treat in a favorable matchup to open the season. His usage at the goal line gives him touchdown upside, and Washington should lean heavily on the run with quarterback Sam Howell taking over. We should see a small receiving uptick for Robinson, but he should do enough on the ground as a fringe RB2 option against a defense that allowed 22 running back touchdowns a year ago and didn't clearly improve this offseason. Wide receiver Michael Thomas, New Orleans Saints at Tennessee Titans. If Thomas really is ready to return to any semblance of his past glory, it should come this week versus a Tennessee group that is among the top candidates to be the weakest pass defense in fantasy football. A year ago, this was the best matchup for PPR wide receivers, and New Orleans should test the secondary early and often. The Saints may have trouble running, which portends to more passing volume. Thomas's floor is a 10-point PPR projection, and he has borderline wide receiver one upside. Tight end David Njoku, Cleveland Browns versus Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati gave up serious numbers in terms of volume in 2022, but only three of 89 catches by the position were worth six points. With Deshaun Watson under center in the Week 14 meeting, he found Njoku seven times for 59 yards and a score, since he has two new starting safeties in Daxon Hill and Nick Scott, both relatively inexperienced. For that alone, we like Njoku's chances of posting another robust fantasy line. 
For more award-winning fantasy football tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back in, uh, as we mentioned right there before the break, the Steelers are underdogs at home, Kurt. I think uh, two and a half points is what I saw at last, uh, maybe at the Two and a half or two. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's kind of bounced around a little bit. Okay, so they're about two, two and a half point underdog to to the 49ers. Obviously, folks listening will want to check that line before the game kicks off. Uh, The 49ers, of course, played in that NFC title game last year, and who knows what would have happened if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt um, early in that ball game. He hurt his elbow, and... And that's been a big story for the 49ers, right? Are they going to give Trey Lance another shot at it? Uh, were they going to turn the keys over to Brock Purdy, who was the, literally the last pick in the draft last year? And they have turned the keys over to to Purdy, right? He just came back about a month ago, I think. Curdy started practicing about a month ago. Sounds like he's going to start. The big story with the 49ers and leading into this game was whether Nick Bosa was going to play, right? It, going up until right. like yesterday night, going to bed yesterday night, waking up this morning, it did not sound like the Niners were anywhere as close to getting Nick Bosa back, never mind yeah. for week one. But he just signed a five-year, $170 million contract extension. He's going to be making more than TJ Watt. And you were telling me before we started recording, because I was like, oh, no, Nick Bosa's back. And you're like, yep, and I think he's going to play. You think he's going to play? I absolutely think they'll get him on the field. Like I said, TJ, we did this with TJ Watt when he had his hold-in. Um, when he got his contract, he had practiced very little. He got out there on and and played. The, these guys that are at that level, you know, those, those very top players, they don't need a ton of reps. And the coaches know this. They're, um, yeah, I I fully expect him to be on the field. Um, the Steelers, Mike Tomlin said yesterday, um, they are practicing as if Nick Bosa will play, um, and that was before the contract. They they fully expected him to be on the field, and so. Yeah, I, I look for him to play. It's going to be if, if it if he does, that is that is the biggest test. Um, these these Steelers tackles are going to face all year and they get it in week one. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's like a little said, unnerving. No, oh, <laughs> I mean, the, the Niners are a great team. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I give our Niners wire guy a lot of grief, but they didn't get to the NFC title game by accident. You know, I mean, that was that the, they had athletes upon athletes on both sides of the ball. And it's, it's going to be a great game. I think Um, from a Steelers perspective, the guy who I look at as far as the Niners offense goes, that, that is going to give the Steelers, I think more problems is Christian McCaffrey. They really struggle with athletic running backs. And so I think if I'm the Steelers coaches, you know, we talked about those inside linebackers is one of those guys capable of, of chasing him around all day, or is it going to be Patrick Peterson that's going to chase him around or, you know, that, that, that's going to be an interesting matchup to, for the, for the Steelers to try to try to dissect and, and figure out a way to slow him down. So when you say athletic um, running back, Kurt, you mean the guys that can get out there and catch the ball and, and do that whole yeah. thing. Space, yeah. you, you get them in space, run routes, you know, the, the visions I have of, of, Robert Spillane and Devin Bush just letting running backs run past him in the <laughs> middle of the field. You know, that that's something a side I never want to see again. So yeah, yeah. Christian Christian McCaffrey's a tough one. Um and you know, I, I honestly I don't know what to expect out of Brock Purdy. I don't know how healthy he really is mm-hmm. or or how ready he is to kind of duplicate that. It really was what a story he was last year. It was cool. yeah. I mean, the kid comes in, he never loses. I mean, they just keep winning and winning and winning. Who knows what would have happened if he didn't get hurt? Um, he was an, an unbelievable story last year, but 
he's back as the Niners starter here. Uh, and that's interesting. He and obviously Kenny Pickett were picked in the same draft class, Kurt. I mean, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Pickett or would you have, rather have the quarterback the 49ers saw last year, Brock Purdy? I'll take Pickett 10 times out of 10. Yeah. I, I appreciate what Brock Purdy did, but 30, 32 teams or 31 teams thought, you know, didn't think enough of him than to make that he was the last quarterback selected. Pickett was the first one selected. We have a very small sample size on both guys, but I will, I will take Kenny Pickett all day. I, I think that, I think that he's, he's, he's a confident player. Now Brock Purdy's confident guy too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he, you know, but I'll, I'll take Pickett every time. So why do you think the 49ers are the favorites in this ballgame in Pittsburgh, Kurt? What's, what's just your take on that line? I mean, I, it, for me, it's like, I don't know, the 49ers, well, I mean, with Bosa potentially not playing earlier this week, I was really go- leaning towards Steelers. I'm like, I'm going to take those points all day at Heinz yeah. Field. Are you kidding me? But I guess Bosa being back makes it a little bit of a scarier game now. It Changes does. things for sure. He's such a He's such a game wrecker that it does change things, but... Uh, yeah. You know, the Steelers seem to have more positive momentum, more, you know, more stability, I guess, than the 49ers that, you know, we're not sure about exactly. George Kittle. So and more consistent yeah, performance. Um, I mean, even the games the Steelers won last year, they weren't they weren't dominating performances. I think they had six wins by three points or less. You know, I mean, Pittsburgh was not a team last year that that was going to, you know, they didn't scare anybody. Um you know, Kenny Pickett didn't throw for he didn't have a 300 yard passing game. He, I think he had nine passing touchdowns or something on the season. You know, I, I think I think most people are look at this and go, yeah, preseason was good, but is is this going to be the slow starting Steelers team? Because if they get out to a slow start, I mean, San Francisco's a team that could you know build a lead and and then really create problems. Pittsburgh can't get behind. And I think historically, that's kind of what you've seen is they come out a little slow out of the gate. Then they have to kind of claw their way back. I'm not sure the 49ers are a team you really claw your way back from. That defense is awfully good. If you just if, if Pittsburgh's forced to just throw it, throw it, throw it, I think I think it's going to make for a long day. So I, I think that's probably where this comes from. You know, the line started at two and a half. I think when Kittle's injury came out, it fell to two. I probably look for it to bounce back up. Now that Bosa signed, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's back to two and a half or three. I think it was the opening line was three, maybe or two and a, I don't remember for sure, but I would I wouldn't be a bit surprised if money started moving toward the Niners now that Bosa signed and and that line moves a little bit again before it's all said and done. I will say this, you know, in terms of like out of market games um, or out of market teams that you'd like to watch, San Francisco's defense last year was just a joy to watch play foot they were fun to watch they flew around they hit uh but how much of that was D'Amico Ryans you know he's not there as well so I I wonder does anything change is that defense so good that it doesn't matter or do they lose a little something with D'Amico Ryans not there anymore it'll be interesting to see because I I watch a lot of his press conference stuff um now that he's with Houston and it, it it'll be interesting to see if Fred Warner you know still has the kind of kind of production and yeah that'll that'll be a really interesting one to watch so i think i'm going to watch this line a little bit kurt if if it if it moves to three or beyond i just want to pick the steelers (laughs) maybe i'm just buying in on the hype like you said earlier like we're just gonna 
we're just going to believe it. And if they, if they start one and six, we're going to go, Oh God, what happened? But, uh, I, I just, I feel like there's some positive momentum, some good vibes going on with the Steelers right now. And they're at home and they're getting all these points. And, uh, I don't know. I think they, they look kind of good as a home underdog. I, I kind of want to lean their way. What are you thinking? I, I do too. That's, I, I would take the points. I think Pittsburgh's going to play them right to the wire. Um, two points is tough because it could be a three point game either way. You know, it could, it could come down to a, I think, I think the Niners got a rookie kicker, you know, that Jake, Jake Moody, I think, you know, it could come down to a field goal. If it gets that close, I'll take Chris Boswell over a rookie anytime. Yeah. They got a rookie quarterback who I think he's banged up. He's like on the injury yeah. report as well. The Moody kids. So yeah. Yeah, it's just there's just better vibes with the Steelers. So yeah, I'm I'm back at them. But as you know, Kurt, week one is such a crapshoot. Weird stuff happens in week one. So hopefully we won't even be talking about this in, in <laughs> exactly. Halloween. Exactly. You know, whatever happens this week is not going to mean a thing at Halloween. I agree. So. Yeah. But uh man, I just man, next week we get to break down an actual football game, man. I'm I'm here for that. Yeah. I can't I can't wait. And then there's some good games across the board, right? Like even even the Monday night yes. game, Bills, Jets. Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. Like there's there's games like that all over the slate. Uh it's gonna be fun, man. So I'm, enjoy I'm yourself. Ready to see huh? those angry lions come out and go yeah, after let's those go. Chiefs tomorrow night. I don't for sure. Know, yeah. Care. Yeah, with Travis Kelsey maybe not playing as well. We just so want football. For Kurt Popejoy, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you for listening. Hit subscribe if you could and tell a friend if you liked what you heard. Uh and we'll be back next week to break down Steelers 49ers and look ahead to the next one. We'll catch you then. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.